0: Producergrind.com.
1: We producers get the business.
0: Welcome to the sixth episode of the Producer Lifestyle Podcast. I'm down here in John, the world famous John Boy Studio, uh, out here in Atlanta, Georgia. What up, John Boy?
1: What to do? What's up, man? What's going on, fam? Producer Grinding the
0: Bill. So, uh before we forget, before we just started this podcast, we were kind of talking, tell us about, uh, tell us about some of them bigger checks and how you, uh, you say you kind of fucked them up.
1: Oh man, I done ran through some checks, man, you know, the, especially after that Pluto album, you know what I'm saying? You know, $10,000 checks coming to the mailbox, 20,000 coming to the mailbox. You know, when you you get your first big checks like that, you think they're gonna keep, keep coming like that. Mm. And they keep coming, but they don't come as much as the first couple, you know what I'm saying, do so. Make sure when you get your money, you invest it, man, in in ways to make more money, you know what I'm saying? And uh, shit, keep it going, you know?
0: What kind of things was John Boy buying with these
1: checks? (laughs) Reinvesting in the studio, flat screens, uh, monitors, fuck, beat machines, Thanks, man. Beat machines, fucking upgrading Pro Tools, you know, just basically re uh, reinvesting into the studio and whatnot, but I did a lot of dumb shit too, you know what I mean? Like, going to hit the strip club way too hard, doing dumb shit, throwing money all over the place. Um, didn't you tell me one time
0: you threw a bunch of money that didn't even get it on camera one
1: time? Man, me? My dog, Big Boy, my brother, G-Money and uh, my bro, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? We went in the Magic City. Esco was DJing that night too. Esco, I know Esco remember this shit. We must have went in there. Each of us threw like, I know Big Boy threw like 3000. And we we threw it all during that song I produced with Rocco called Slang. Mm. Man, Big Boy threw 3000. I threw like 1,700, my boy G Money threw like 3,000, Kevin threw like 3,000. Man, we threw all that money in ones on on uh, the song I produced for Rocco called Slang. Right, right. And the song was only two minutes and, and like, maybe 35 seconds. Mm. So yeah, man, we had the whole fucking side, one whole wall of Magic City just fucking looking crazy as fuck for three minutes. That shit was crazy. We should've we should have shot a video. Someone should have gotten it on camera. You know, esco was going crazy too. He's like, super producer, John Boy, in this motherfucker, da, da da. Just talking all kinda of shit. Yeah, it's dope. That would've been a great scene on a, on a music video, but just shit that happens. So I mean, does besides that, it doesn't
0: sound like there was too many bad investments that were made. Sounds like, you know, did mm-hmm. the right moves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always gotta reinvest in the studio, you know. It's my life and I love this shit, you know, making beats and stuff like that. But, I mean, I don't need all the flat screens and shit, but I like to have everything, you know what I'm saying, where I can see it real nice and clear, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's all the time you spend here. It's got to be comfortable. Got to be comfortable,
1: yes, sir. How much time you put in? How many hours a day you think you average? Oh, man. At least... At least eight to nine hours a day doing this, you know. But like, I used to force myself to make beats, but now I don't force myself no more. I just when it, when I feel it, when I feel like making it, that's when my best, my best work comes out. So I don't mm-hmm. really force myself anymore. But as far as like recording and you know running the studio and people coming through, shit. Yeah, at least nine to ten hours a day, man. You know what I'm saying on a, on a, on a, on a regular day. See, sometimes I might stay here two days straight.
0: I already know, I already know. And it's, it's times that, you know, I came down here, and I had hit you up the next morning, you hadn't even been to sleep yet.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, yep. yeah. Bro. And the times you came through, I was so fucking tired. I couldn't even You had to go grab a nap. <laughs> had to grab a nap,
0: too. A hey, little 30-minute, you know? hour, quick one. Real shit. <laughs> yeah, sir. But you do a lot of, uh, you know, I know you do a lot of engineer work, though. You know, you, you run the uh, you know studio out of your house, stuff like that. How does that seem to be uh, doing for you?
1: Man, it's doing great, man. You know, able to make a living off of it and shit just keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about getting the studio away from the house too, but I be creating so much, man. It be, it be, by the time I get up and put my clothes on and drive to somewhere else, man, I be even forgot to beat or something. So, mm-hmm. you now I like having it in the basement of the crib and stuff like that, so.
0: And you know, it's just time, you get the commute and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You'll find excuses not to go, you know what I mean? So. That's real. I feel like if you're a producer, you gotta have the crib set up, be the main set up, you know? Oh, really? Definitely, definitely. Um, let me see. So uh, I mean, taking it back, how did you, how did you first you know, link up with you know these big artists, future Rocco and
1: then? Oh man, um I've been doing Rocco for a minute, like, you know, the first uh the first label I worked for, they were always telling me about Rocco, you know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah man, you know, this dude right here, he, he doing some big things, you know what I'm saying? And I always heard his name, you know what I'm saying? So. Like
0: And this is what, like what year?
1: Phew. This had to be like oh, oh, 05, mm. oh, 05, you know what I'm saying? Like <clears throat> um DJ Cloud saluted DJ Cloud, you know what I'm saying, a young vet, you know what I'm saying? We had some records we was, I was producing back then that was getting real hot in the strip club <clears throat> record called My Money Got Hang Time, you know what I'm saying? And uh that I did with Young Vet, you know, he he did to one of my beats. We made everything from scratch, and uh, the song blew up. And uh, you know, Rocco was always at the flame and stuff at the time, and he would hear the record, and uh, he kept asking DJ Cloud, who did the beat, who did the beat. Mm. And Cloud just uh, one day, Cloud hit me up. You know, he he just brought Rocco straight to my apartment. I had an apartment back then, and and uh, he brought him straight to the front door. And uh he was like, yo man, this this Rocco man, this Monica baby daddy, you know what I'm saying? This rock, man, he a real nigga, real street nigga, man, you know what I'm saying? Uh play some beats for him. He might wanna buy some of them and shit, you know? And I was like, all right, shit, that's a bet. And uh played a couple tracks. I had like, back then when I first started making beats, I ain't really, I wouldn't really say that I had a signature sound. I ain't even have a tag. And mm-hmm. uh I would make like, you know, up north shit, mm-hmm. sounding shit, west coast sounding shit, down south sounding shit, and I just try to have a demographic, a different type of beast so I could sell out to different uh, artists, you know okay, what I'm yeah, saying? I can
0: dig
1: that, I can relate to that. hmm and uh, you know, after the years the Signature Sound came, was, de- was developed, I would say, and uh, Rocco came through, man, he heard like, two or three beats that he liked and shit. So I worked him out a three beat deal, you know, when artists and producers come through and they want beat to lease beats or buy beats, you know, I always try to work out a nice deal with them, especially if they getting more than one. So we worked a little deal like that and shit. We've been cool ever since. Um, he probably came to my apartment maybe two or three times and shit. And, uh, and then I got a placement with Bad Boy Records, Bad Boy South you know, block entertainment and stuff like that. Uh, Young Jock was also cool with DJ Cloud and my boy, Young Vet. And they brought, they brought Young Jock to my front door. When he had that hit record, um, It's Going Down, Mm -hmm. when he had that, you know, it was crazy because me and my niggas was over there chilling and shit, you know, had like two of my niggas was sitting down on the couch watching MTV and it's like a special they had that was following Young Jock all around and shit. And then out the blue, you know what I'm saying, Young Vet brings Young Jock to my fucking apartment, <coughs> to the front door. Mm. So my niggas, we smoking weed and shit, and like Young Jock walks through the door with that fucking, with that chain on that Pharrell gave him mm. with the different color links or whatever. He walked through the through my apartment into the studio. I had two bedroom apartment and shit, and, uh, in Marietta, Georgia, in Marietta. And uh, and he walked in, man, and uh, my boy was like, play some beats, you know? And shit, I had this one beat I did. I did the beat and I did the hook on it. It's called getting to the money. And uh, Jock heard that shit, you know what I'm saying? It was uh, already formatted in three 12 12-ball verses and shit. And uh, he heard that shit and he was like, man, you know what I'm saying? Gotta get that beat or whatever. So I gave him a beat CD. Off mm. the strength, you know? Yeah. Like shit, we watch him do it on MTV right now. He he even walked through my front door, you know what I'm saying? I gave him like twelve beats on a CD, twelve of my best beats, and getting to the money with the hook on it, with my vocals on it, uh happened to be on that CD too. So that was the one that, you know, he got on with Gorilla Zoe and Mike Carlito made his second album. Mm. And uh they shot a video to it and everything. Shit was on MTV a couple times. It was it was uh it was pretty cool, you know what I'm saying? He invited me out to the video shoot. I got a little cameo in there, you know, at the end, like 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 half a second. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I wasn't tripping, though, it's so all good, you know. That was in 06, and Rocco had pulled up to the video shoot, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, What's up, what's up, JB? What's going on, man? what, what you doing out here? I said shit, I made the beat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. like, oh shit, that's what's up. So yeah, we started rocking a lot, a lot harder. You know what I'm saying? After that, like, cause I was like, I got to the point where, you know, I got an apartment, but you can't keep making noise in your apartment mm-hmm. like that, especially not with no subwoofer, you know. You had the sub in the apartment? Yeah, I would turn it off at nighttime. Yeah, but yeah, I had it in there. But just my monitors was was still too much, you know, yeah, too yeah. much sound. But the people upstairs would call the police all the time and shit. Yeah, and uh, so I had to make a choice: either stay in that apartment or get into a warehouse. You know what I'm saying? And be that I was chasing chasing this dream so hard, you know what I'm saying? I was like, fucking apartment. Mm-hmm. It's time to upgrade, you know. So I gave the luxuries of having a nice apartment and shit, nice walk-through bathroom and stuff to to get into a warehouse where I had the studio. I had the booth with the glass, you know what I'm saying? It was built out, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was it was a nice little studio, it was a little spot, but it was dope. So I made it, made it my my joint. You know, I put all kind of shit on the walls and all kind of stuff, man. Any artists that fuck with me that like had a poster or something, I would put that, they had, they had their own wall, I'd put up all of their shit and, you know, all the different clientele that came through.
0: For the um the, the producers and engineers and, you know, little studio studio owners, you know, the, not the big studio owners, I'm talking about, you know, guys that are just up and coming on that grind. What would you recommend to, you know, make sure that you always got enough clients to keep bills paid and make sure you're you got work every day? Like, what would you recommend?
1: Man, you gotta get out here, man. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta pass out flyers, man. You gotta go out to the clubs, most popping clubs when it's snowing outside, man, and put motherfucking flyers in people windshield wipers. You know what I'm saying? You gotta go to the barber shops. You gotta go to the hip-hop clothing stores in the mall. Just drop, just drop a, a stack, a handful of them, like right at the cash register. You know, even if motherfuckers don't grab one every time they still see that, you know? And seeing that, that's what you thats what you got the flyers for, for people to see it, you know? Not necessarily keep it. but a lot of people do get it and keep it though, you'd be surprised too, you know? Mm-hmm. But you just gotta keep your name out there and keep working, you know? Keep working hard. But after you get your first, like, placement or two or three, you know what I'm saying, or four, it's a lot easier to generate business, you know what I'm saying? as far as like getting people to fuck with you on the business side of things, cause you know what I'm saying? You got your credits, you know what I'm saying? Your placements is is, is, is like, you can always go back to that. So it helps out, you know, and stuff like that. You just gotta keep your name popping. You know what I'm saying? Your beats gonna break, gonna, gonna do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Cause both sides, you know, you know go they, 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 they go together. You know what I'm saying? They scratch yeah. each other's back or whatever. so. Exactly. You know,
0: the same, you know, you can meet someone off the strength and they, they need studio time. You play them some beats and now you're selling them beats too. Or if someone comes to buy beats, they hear your quality and they're like, oh shit, I might as well record with you. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Absolutely. Would you, would you recommend, you know, quitting your job and just doing full-time music even before you're making money? Or would you say, keep your job? Or
1: Man... I would say, allocate time to do the most. You know what I'm saying? If you could keep your job at first to make sure things is good, then shit, keep your job. You know what I'm saying? But when you step out on faith, sometimes you gotta quit that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You step out on faith, you gonna know what you gotta do. You know what I'm saying? God gonna lead you the right way, so. I mean, have I ever quit job before? Yeah, yeah, I, I had a job. I had a job when I was uh when I was like 17, 18, working at Pizza Hut. This is in Louisiana, right? In Louisiana, Tiberau, Louisiana, yup. Right down the street from my house, man. It was good, it taught me a lot. You know what I'm saying about, it made me realize how much time in the day that I waste not getting money because I see how many hours you know, I had to work and all that stuff. And Pizza Hut just had people coming through the door every day, calling that phone every day, mm-hmm. you know, ordering pizzas all day, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I was like, damn. It, it definitely showed me, you know, how you how the right way to have your business running, you know, had the cooks on deck and all that stuff, you know, that's the whole thing right there, so. I quit. I told him I ain't got a record deal in Houston and some shit and I quit. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Funny. At least you at least you, you gave him a reason you didn't just stop going. Yeah, I didn't just
1: stop going, man. Rest in peace, Miss Carla. You heard me? That was my first manager, man. And you know, she helped me understand a lot of the business side of everything Still. how it go. You know, she passed away, but rest in peace to her, man, you know. Definitely. Shout out to Miss Carla. Definitely. Yeah. Let's let's talk about,
0: you know, when you moved to Atlanta. Did you did you have a job when you moved here? Like what was what how old were you and just talk about that?
1: I, I came to Atlanta soon, right after I graduated full Sail in uh 04. In 04 I graduated and uh I came straight to the A. You know what I'm saying? I had an uncle out here, my uncle Jay. He was out here for a couple more months. And then uh he had about three months left until he had to go to um go to Iraq and teach the soldiers health and fitness out there. So, you know, he got a dope ass job with the government going out there to do that, so he had to leave. So, we, you know, we had this little condo and stuff. He let me stay with him for like, you know, couple months. And then he was like, yo, I gotta go. Hit, hit, you know, pay the bills, do what you gotta do. Hmm. I gotta ride. So, he had he left out and went do that, you know what I'm saying? In Iraq and shit, so he was gone. So now I was like, damn. I ended up getting me a little crib. It was like, it was a little house. It was like a two-bedroom house for like 700 a month, something like that. Long story short, you know, a couple months went by. I found out that the person uh, who was saying they were the owner wasn't the owner. They was just watching the property while the owner was overseas somewhere. So Mm. they had to get about that situation quick. I had the studio in the second bedroom of the house though. And uh it was it was it was pretty cool, you know what I'm saying? It it was everything I needed for for just me, you know.
0: Were you doing studio time at this time or
1: kinda on and off. Like I had some friends that would come through and they always wanted to record and stuff like that. But I wasn't quite running it as a business just yet. I kinda, you know, you know, give me sixty dollars, I'll record you. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. I do stuff like that, but it wasn't down to the hour, you know, charging the hourly rate and stuff yeah, like yeah. that until maybe like probably a year after that. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha. Because I was work- I was always working for record labels and shit. So I was working for on-deck records and uh, I would go up there and just make beats, you know, make beats and, uh, you know, record artists when-, when needed, but most of the time making beats and, uh, I make like two beats a day. was paying me like $100 a day and stuff, so. Yeah, I was always doing that, so. But once, you know, they fired me, I got fired from that label, and... Uh, for what? I got fired because I wanted more money. I wanted a pay raise, and I was like, you know, $100 a day is, is cool, but I'm, I'm not just making beats, I'm making beats. I'm producing for the artists. I'm uh, teaching the artists the proper way to record their yeah, vocals, yeah. you know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, so it's not like you're getting 50 a beat and then you go home. Yeah, yeah You're yeah, there yeah. all day bullshit, I hear you.
1: Hell yeah, so, you know.
0: So when you quit that, you said, or when you got
1: fired from that, then what? I got fired from that, then uh, I went to, there was another studio called Streetwise Records. They had Miss Cherry at the time, and uh, they had like a couple of other artists, you know, T-Pain was going through there and stuff too. Doing some things with Cherry and, and uh, it was it was dope. Like they had a dope setup, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it was really cool. They had like the front office and stuff, the secretary and all that. So I started like going over there, and first thing they did was drop a a box of flyers right in front of my feet, like 5,000 flyers in the box, and I was like, okay, what y'all want me to do with this? It's like we want you to go everywhere in the city and just hand them out, put them out everywhere. And I'm like, damn, wow, you know, how much y'all gonna pay me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, oh, well, we're not gonna pay you until you start generating business for this studio. So like, you know what I'm saying? At the time, I think they wanted like 50 an hour or something like that. And I was like, I grabbed a box, I walked down to my car by the time I got to my car, I had already convinced myself that I wasn't gonna do that shit. So I went back upstairs with the box, put it back up there, and I was like, shit, I, y'all got to find somebody else. I can't I can't do this shit, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, this don't make no sense. If y'all was paying me for my time, then yeah, maybe I'll I, do it, but fuck it, it don't make sense to me, so. now I was like, I gotta goddamn get out here and, 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 and put, put a plan together, because I'm not about to generate all this business for their studio, like shit. I got my own studio, you know, I was getting a hundred dollars a week for a minute. So, you know, I was able to go get more equipment and, you know, add on to my stuff and shit. I started, I got an apartment. I got out of that house and got an apartment. Paying like 800 a month or some shit. Uh, I turned the second bedroom into a full-fledged studio. I got two bass traps and I made them face each other and I put the mic in the middle. Mm. And uh, I was just recording like that and I turned my monitors all the way down whenever we were recording. Because it was literally in the same room and stuff. And uh, yeah. I started charting 25 hours an hour. I went to Mark Star Graphics and I printed up uh, 5,000 of my own flyers. You know what I'm saying? And uh, shit, I went everywhere in the city and passed them bitches out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, to all of the events and, you know, people's cars. Club 112 at the time was really big. Mm-hmm. I was out there all the time putting flyers in people's windshields. After I passed out 2,000 flyers, my phone just started blowing up. $25 hour studio time, da-da-da, you know. After I got the Young Jock placement, and uh, everybody started trying to come through for beats. Mm.
0: You
1: know what I'm saying? Everybody, Jock tried to sign me, shout out to Jock. I appreciate that. But, you know, at the time, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, couldn't, you know, work with that contract at the time because it it wasn't enough money for me. And I had a vision, you know what I'm saying, that that went way past what they were offering. But sometimes I think now, like, if I would have signed that, where would I be? You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't do that. And um, shit, I worked for another label on, You dig records, you know, shout out to my my big brother, Big L, you know what I'm saying, that's my dog right there. You know, he the one that put me in contact with Pimp C, you know what I'm saying, helped me get, you know what I'm saying, on them placements and stuff like that. That's my dog right there. I worked for his label for a minute, you know what I'm saying? He had a dope studio, you know what I'm saying? It was like upstairs, you walk in downstairs, but upstairs is the studio, so it was was really dope, man. You know Had a great time working for, for my dog. Did a lot of records, man. That's where I met Tracy T, you know what I'm saying? Who, you know, of course is now signed with Maybach Music and stuff like that. You know, I met a lot of people up there, you know? Shawty L.O. was out there with my dog. Rest in peace, Shawty L.O. Yeah, that's me. You know? And uh, just been making beats in between and running my studio, man. I didn't really know exactly how my studio was supposed to be ran until I worked for three, three different labels first. And then I saw like, you know what I'm saying? how things should be ran as far as the business side goes. But it's coming together, you know, I just had a little girl. She little as shit right now, but she know she know the process of making a beat already. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So she she gonna be running a little, you know, a little secretary thing, or whatever, in a couple of years. My girl, you know, she helped out with that too. My soon-to-be wife, you know what I'm saying, Jada. So. don't, man. Congratulations. Definitely, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
0: So, what do you think of... What are your thoughts on the new era of producers and, you know, the new generation of producers making tight beats and stuff like that?
1: Man, just keep cooking up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that the game is changing. Like, the game is constantly changing. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, like, good to keep up with everything and stay ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. and. Uh, Keep cooking, man, you know? Because the truth is, man, I really believe this, as long as you keep adding to something or subtracting, eventually you'll find a combination in the music to where it, it, it can be something. You can make anything hot, you just have to find a combination, you know? Start with, everything start with a click, you know? You can, shit. Them beats is like motherfucking Artwork, you know what I'm saying, and the more you add to it, the more that motherfucker unfolds. But it all starts from a click, so you know, you just gotta keep working. You know, Do you use um, any online platforms to promote at all? Oh man, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know what I'm saying.
0: Why don't you have a beat store?
1: I don't know, I don't know. I need, I need one, I need one, man,
0: shit. You know, for the people that, you know, can't always come to see. Well, I mean, you, you do it. How do you do it? How do you Like, when people hit you up online and One beats? how do you do it?
1: Well, people got to... I usually tell them to call me direct, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I want my clients to make a deposit, you know, so how serious they are because, you know, a lot of producers, they'll send out their snippets free or send out, you know what I'm saying, 20 of their dopest beats for mm. free. And you don't know who's at the other end of that phone or at the other end of that email. It's probably another cat that make beats, you know what I'm saying? So they finna copy your patterns, your ideas, you know what I'm saying? They finna copy your melodies and drum patterns and try to find your drums, you know? So I be like, if they wanna do that, cool, but you you gotta pay me for my snippets. That's how I work. Cause nine times out of 10, if a person that can't put a deposit down, they not serious, they just talking. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you know anybody that shop with me, I, all my clients, I want them to, you know what I'm saying, like understand that we started off on a serious foot doing business, so we, you know, keep going on a serious, on a serious foot with the business. You know, so it's like I make sure my clients leave out of here with a with a dope product. You know that they happy with, you know what I'm saying? As far as the, the beat and the mix goes, you know? Mm-hmm. And they get the beat and the mix package, but it's like, you just gotta keep working, man. That's 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 what it's all about. It just keep going, you know? Definitely, definitely. Definitely just gotta stay consistent. Mm-hmm, stay consistent.
0: All right, my dude, I definitely appreciate you, man. Dropping some knowledge on us and talking with me for a little bit. No problem. And, uh, shit um keep working man and i know we're gonna have you on a future episode we're gonna talk some more business already fam yes sir all right my dude signing out already thank you guys for tuning in to episode six of the producer lifestyle podcast as always head over to producergrind.com stay up to date with us as you know we're always dropping new sounds new kits new packs new everything